coming live from Michigan, USA, is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have Kim Sorrell, author, humanitarian, entrepreneur, speaker, lover of people. Welcome to the show, Kim. It is absolutely my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I love your show. You do a great job. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you, Kim. Thank you very much for taking out time for this show. And today we'll be, you know, you are a lover of people. You love people. You are humanitarian. You spend so much of your time doing good for everyone. And so what better way to, what, what better topic to take, talk about the love than love. And we'll be talking about if love can really change the world, if love can really save the world. So straight to that, you know, what's, uh, what's got love to do with the world at all? Let me ask you this way. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I, I can talk about this subject because I believe I am an authority on this subject. I lived a year, I dedicated a full year to figuring out the truth about love, what love really means, because you, you learn from the people around you and everything that you learn about love isn't necessarily love. And some of the stuff that we're taught about love is not love at all. Things done in the name of love that are not love. And so to go back to what is love really? What does it really mean? It was yeah. quite an adventure trying to figure it out. And what I figured out is most everything I knew about love was not true. And if you do know the truth about love and live love the right way, live love the way it's meant to be lived, because love isn't just a feeling like fear or excitement. Love is something you are. Love is something that is part of your being. Love is something that you demonstrate, that you walk, that you talk, that you breathe. That's love is so much more than people realize what it is. You know, we think about being in love with somebody or loving our kids or, you know, whatever it happens to be, but it is so much deeper and so much bigger than that. It's who you are. It's who you can be. And if you understand love and live it the right way, my word, the whole world would be a different place. Everyone would be so much happier, live a much happier life and, and make everybody around you much happier. Right, Kim. Right. So, just to understand from you, you talk so much about love. You have written books on it. You know, you have a background where you have suffered so much of pain. A lot of, you know, you spent a lot of time on the street of Haiti. On that backdrop, people can become cynics. They can, you know, come out scarred. And it happens in society. A lot, many people come out scarred and there's go the other way, but you are spreading love. Tell us about it, about the love of your life, the loss of that love, and then to the streets of Haiti and coming back and spreading love. Just tell us, you yourself have been a cancer survivor, not a mean, uh, not a small way to fight and, you know, to achieve something that you are standing in front of everybody and talking about 
to it all. Tell us about it a bit. Sure. So several years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, that alone is a big thing, right? Like you hear that word and nobody ever wants to hear that word. We all have somebody that we know that has had to deal with that, that has heard that word, you know, given to them on the phone or in front of a doctor. So I was diagnosed with cancer and going through that. And four months into my diagnosis, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he passed away six weeks later. So it was quite a time to be dealing with my own diagnosis and then my husband's and then to lose my husband, who I was madly in love with, who I adored. We had a great relationship and uh, it was tough. It was tough losing him. And it made me question love. Like, did I do it the right way? Do I really understand love? Am I, am I really loving the way that I should? And that's what put me on the journey to begin with, uh, to figure out what, what is the true meaning of love? And I needed to know for myself. And then I'm thrilled and excited to share it with the world. So I did do most of my research on the streets of Haiti. Haiti is where I went after I was well enough, after I was physically well enough to work again, to do something. I decided I was going to be the part-time bookkeeper of a small humanitarian organization that my father and I started 10 years before. And uh, so I started January 1 of 2010. And 12 days later, there was an earthquake in Haiti that killed 200,000 people. So I was on the ground in Haiti two weeks after the earthquake. And I worked in Haiti. I, I spent um, a lot of the next several years, at least part of every month of the next several years in Haiti. And Haiti is a tough place to work. It's a tough place to be. It's a, it's a place with wonderful, incredible, extraordinary people in some of the toughest, toughest conditions. And so finding love and discovering the truth about love there really was even more eye-opening than I think it would have been at home in Michigan. Right, right, Kim. You see, you have written two books, Cry Until You Laugh and then Love Is. Tell, uh, tell me one thing, uh, Kim. So many people, you know, have spent ages to find out the true meaning of love. You have written two books. You have found the meaning of love in your own manner. Tell me, what is the truth? When do you actually find what love is? Is it when you meet the love of your life? Or is it when you lose the love of your life and you go actually soul searching and finding things that you never knew about? What is it? Is it love that makes you happy? Or is it love that actually, you know, lets you move into soul searching and, you know, you're being searching? What is it? Yeah, I, th I don't think it takes meeting anybody or losing anybody. I think love is something that should be part of who you are, should be who you are, no matter who you have in your life or don't have in your life. And uh, love changes everything, changes every relationship. It's interesting because the, the underlying, the biggest thing about love that I think people do not understand and do not know is that when you love the way we're created to love, the way love is created to be, when you love every, and I believe you're supposed to love everybody, just love everybody. And when you do love everybody, 
and you love the right way, it is the most freeing thing in the world. There is no freedom like there is in love. When you love the way you're supposed to, then you are free to just love. There's no judgment in love. There is no condemnation in love. Love lets you let others live who they're created to be. You don't determine who other people are created to be. You have no control over anybody else. You only have control of yourself. That is, that's it. And the sooner we recognize that, that the control stops here, it stops right here, I have no other control, then you're free to just let people be who they are without trying to fix them, without trying to come up with solutions for them. You know, it's one thing when people ask advice, but man, I don't know about you, but I I could be the queen, I think, of unsolicited advice. And, and that's not love. Love would say, let people decide for themselves and, and be who they're created to be without condemning them. Just love them. It's our only job. When it comes down to it, it is our only job is to love. And when you do that, it is so freeing. You're, you can just love people for who they are instead of who you want them to be, instead of thinking they should be something that they're not created to be. Okay. Then in your discovery, you know, what surprised you most about love? You know, it's, it's interesting. I took this 2,000-year-old poem that I don't know about where you are, but here in the U.S., you hear it at a lot of weddings. It's, it's love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, etc. And uh, it's said at so many weddings. And I think people's eyes kind of glaze over because we've heard it so many times. But there's 14 is's and isn'ts of love in that passage. And I decided I would take one a month and discover what is love that is patient. You know, I, we know what patience is, but what is love that is patient? What is love that is kind? And since there were 14, it took me a little longer than a year, but I got it done. And right from the get-go, I discovered that every single one of those words, when you put love is or love is not in front of any word, it totally changes the meaning of the word. So right out of the gate, my very first month, love is patient. And I thought, you know, I know what patience is. You know what patience is. People know what patience is. We're not honking our horns when we're stuck in traffic or we're not stomping our foot because we're ready to go and they're not ready to go. You know, that's patience. But what I discovered about love that is patient is showing love in a way that you recognize that this moment right here, right now is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past and what's in the future is yet to come. This is the moment. And this moment, by the way, it will come and go with or without you. And I thought I was the greatest multitasker. Like I could be in conversation, be thinking about a meeting I had later that day, thinking about where I had to drop my grandkids off or what I had to do, pick up from the grocery store, be thinking about something yesterday and be fully engaged at the same time. And I discovered... I am not the queen of multitasking. I am not that person. I need to focus on the person I am with. And that is showing love, is to be truly engaged with who you are with and not look at people as a distraction or an interruption to your plans, but look at people as an opportunity 
to love, as an opportunity to engage. There's nothing more important than life. Your to-do list is not more important than people. What you have to do later is not more important than what is happening right here, right now in this moment. And so to give your full attention, to be fully engaged, changes everything. And that is love that is patient. But when you do that, you listen. You really listen. Not assume what people are going to say, not be thinking about your rebuttal, what you're going to say next, but really listen to what people have to say. And when you do that, you find out a lot of things. You find out you have a lot more in common than you think you do. You find out if people are hurting that you didn't know were hurting and they just need you to love them and listen and they, they need someone to talk to. You find out all kinds of things about people that you never knew before. And I'm talking everybody. I'm not just talking your partner or your kids or your neighbor, the person at the grocery store that you don't know what's going on in their life that, you know, they're checking you out of the grocery store and, and they just need someone to engage with them, to recognize their humanity, to love them, to respect them, no matter who they are and what it is that they're doing. Okay, so Kim, I will talk in detail about, you know, can love really change the world? But very quickly, when you mentioned that love is patience, then in a world of instant coffee and instant communication, where does patience fit in? How do people learn about patience? Forget about patience in love, forget about even in everyday life, we don't know. How will they fit patients into, you know, uh, into love? Right. That's a really good question because it is something that I have had to practice a lot. It's not something that came natural to me being raised by two type A crazy personalities, driven people. Patience isn't something that um, I knew a lot about or practiced much. And so it has taken me a lot of practice. But what I've done and what I think anybody can do, certainly anybody can do this, is to stop and take a breath and really tune in, really focus on whoever it is you're with and whoever it is you're talking to, but to put everything else out of your mind and really focus, focus in on the moment. Let this moment be an important moment to you. Let the person that you are with feel valued and listened to and loved. And that all ties in together and it all goes hand in hand. And so for me, I needed to practice that. I needed to stop whatever it was I was doing, put everything else out of my mind and put out of my mind even anything that I was going to say that I thought that I was going to contribute to the conversation. But first, listen to the words that are said and really listen to the words that are said, then think about what I'm going to say next. When you do that, it changes so much. It just changes so much. It seems simple and it seems easy. I can tell you it was not easy for me to learn, but when I did, it changed my life dramatically. It changed every relationship that I have in my life dramatically. Right, right, Kim. So now coming to the, you know, your learning of love, what five shocking truths that you talk about that were never taught 
about love. Can you tell us about that, please? Yes, I mean, there's there's so many. So, like I said, there are 14 isn'ts and isn'ts of love, and in that poem, and every one of the 14 has something very special about it, like kindness. You know, we kind is another one, right? Like, you know what kind is. I know what kind is. We we show kindness. We say kind things. We do kind things for people. But love that is kind is not just being kind. Love that is kind is love with zero expectations. Zero expectations of getting anything in return for your kindness. You are kind just because that is what love does. And that seems simple. But if you think about it, how many times have you heard somebody or maybe even said to yourself, wow, you know, I did this for them and they didn't even say thank you. Or I went to their daughter's wedding. Why aren't they at my daughter's wedding? But as soon as you have an expectation on your kindness, as soon as you, you are doing something kind and expecting a kindness in return, then you're doing something to get something. And love doesn't do that. Love loves, period. Love is kind, period, with zero expectation of getting anything in return. And when you show kindness that way, love that is kind, talk about freedom. You know, you're no longer consumed with, well, when are they going to pay me back? Or am I going to get a thank you note in the mail? Or, or do I have to send a thank you note? Or do I, do I have to pay somebody back? You can just allow people to also be kind to you without putting that burden on yourself that you somehow have to pay them back. When you pay them back, you've, you've cheapened the gift that they've given you because then it's like they gave it to you so that you would give something to them. And that's not love. Love allows others to be kind just as it allows you to just be kind in love. Right, Kim. Right. Now, let's talk about, you know, if love can really change the world. Now, what kind of love will change the world? Let me show you the scenario. Right now, movies, they have been talking that, you know, to get the girl of your life or the guy of your life, and that's that's love. You've been uh, holding something. You've got to have something tangible in your hands, and you've got to hold it forever. At least that's what they try. That they find is achievement in some way. Then, even in work, places you know you may like you may not like a job but a position is shows your passion for for that job you may not like it but if you achieve a particular position some people think okay this is because i love my job so much so the company uh, you know rewarded me with that position to that you know other of for the of the chair maybe that is not the perfect example but just this came to my mind now in terms of our leadership they are mostly busy. Uh, now, climate change is such a huge topic. A lot of leaders are mostly busy thinking about getting re-elected. So the whole concept of doing something in their present term takes a backseat so many a times and it moves towards future. Where is the future of generations, future of Earth that keeps lingering uh, for, for till the time they again get re-elected? to uh, wait for uh, to be re-elected and this cycle goes on it's not one place it's almost across the world earlier it was less of it in the u.s 
you have the concept of elected getting elected twice in many places there is no time period there is no limit to it and in certain places people have altered that time limit you know so that's the way the world is changing so will they will they change the world the young generation they are busy thinking about the jobs or on social media or you know so many things that they that takes up their time you know and they, pe people talk about a lot of things but nobody is really going down to the ground and actually trying to do it even a lot of people who are talking of non profit about climate change it is everything seems to become an industry in itself by the time you know actual some serious work gets done a lot of work gets is getting done but every time you there is a thing it turns into an industry so where does love come in and where what sort of love changes the world and who changes the world when everybody is busy in you know cooking their own uh, stuff in their own cauldrons how does it work <laughs> that is a great big giant question that you just asked and I think there's um, one big answer for everything, but but some little ones. Like you talk about uh, couples that are together, and you know, not all couples are madly in love anymore. You know, you might start out that way, but somehow you let it go. And uh, and I think it's a lot of it. And we're in a job, really anywhere, politicians, everybody. It a lot of it comes down to we think we can change people, and we should be able to change people. But we can't, you can't change people, not not in a way that, that you get to dictate what they do because people control themselves, you, do, you don't control people, you control yourself. The way that you can bring about change in the world is by truly loving people the way love is meant to happen, truly loving that way. And, and so instead of, of the job being the number one thing, the election being the number one thing, people should be the number one thing. Relationships should be the number one thing. Those are the most important things in life. And when you demonstrate a love to everyone around you, you know, at first people might go, wow, you know, there's been a real change in my friend, you know, or a real change in my wife, you know, or whatever. But um, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And it's contagious. It makes other people want to know, why is it that you're living differently? What is it that you know? What is this secret that you have that all of a sudden you're so much happier, that you're living such a freer life? You know, what is the secret? What is this big thing that you know? And when you do that and it is contagious, then other people come alongside you and other people are on board with you. And when you love, it changes all relationships, like we said. So when you are at work, it's going to change your relationships with your coworkers, with your clients, your customers. And when you love the right way, it's no longer just about getting the business. It's no longer just about growing the business, but it's about the people within the business. And when you genuinely love, you genuinely care. And I want to, I don't know about you, but I'm guessing this to be true. If there are two people I can buy something from and one I know genuinely, genuinely cares about me, really truly cares about me, 
that's the person I'm going to buy from. And so love is genuine and you genuinely walk it out, but it attracts people. It attracts people to you. Who doesn't want to be around someone who cares about them, who loves them? That attracts people. Same with politicians. I mean, it's such a game. Everything, like you said, it's it's such a game. Everything's an industry. Everything's about money. Everything's about, you know, how can I benefit? How can I benefit? Well, when you start thinking outside yourself and start thinking about the world, start thinking about the, your next door neighbor, start thinking about the people around you, your people that you serve as a politician or in a nonprofit organization, and you think about humanity on a truly human level, not by numbers of votes or amount of money they're going to spend at your store or anything besides just the relationship of it, you lose the love. You lose the love when people are just numbers. You know, I have a name. I'm a, I'm a person. You're a person. We are all individuals and no two of us are exactly the same. We are all created differently, but we're all beautifully, wonderfully created. And so when we recognize that we are all different and it's okay to be different and that we love. And so when we love, it's okay if people have different opinions. It's okay if people don't vote for the same person. It's okay if we don't like the same things. None of that matters. It's okay. You, When you love somebody, you give them the freedom to believe the way they want to believe. And so then you don't throw people into categories, right? So in the U.S., everything's, oh gosh, Democrats and Republicans, Democrats and Republicans. Well, I don't want to be known as a Democrat or Republican. I want to be known as Kim. You know, first and foremost, that's who I am, you know, bringing things down to the individual level. And not all Democrats believe the same. Not all Republicans believe the same. Not all Christians believe the same. Not all Muslims believe exactly the same. Not, no matter what it is, everybody is individual. And when you allow people to be who they are and have their own opinion without you critiquing or throwing them into some category or giving them some name other than their own, that's when love is lost. When you, when you just allow people to be who they are and don't throw them into a category, but look at every single person as an individual, that's love. That's where love is and that's where love grows. Right, Kim. Right. See, I uh, believe in the inherent goodness of humans, individuals, and that everybody is good. But then when you... You know, when they, as soon as they step out of their houses, they take the shape of uh, what you call a, a CEO or a manager or an insurance agent or a sales agent. And then they become networkers because everything is a network. <laughs> Earlier networks were, you know, uh, innate stuff. It was without life. It used to help you, you know, communicate. But now networking is what makes you keep it keeps you going so there are hundreds of ways to network social media and other forms of need media so you talk to everybody because you got to get something out of them most of the time it is relationships have turned into those of control and less of patience and less of giving more of getting 
But amidst all this, there are still millions and millions of people who are working on the ground. And amidst all this despondency, they still keep their motivation intact to save the world, to do their bit to save the world. They may not be known ever, but they are getting that happiness from inside. Now, who is it? Is it that these people will save the world or is it the inherent goodness of human beings that will come out in the form of love and save our world? Because we are moving very fast towards, towards a difficult time in the future. That's my last question to you. You know, that is such a good question. And I love the way you put it because I agree. I mean, I think we are inherently good people, but I think it can get lost in the in the madness and the craziness of the world, right? In the rat race and the, you know, you get up in the morning and you got to go, you go to the gym, you work out, and then you go to work and you do this. And then you got to go to this networking event and you better check your social media and you got to whatever. And we lose humanity in that. You know, where's the human element in all of that? And networking is fabulous and can be so great when it's real, when it's real, when you are just there just to gain a new client and not really care who the client is. You just want the money when you're just there because that's the thing you're supposed to do. Then where's the humanity? The, the humanity is gone love is 100% completely human and and recognizes individual humanity and gets away from the networking just to get more more clients or um, going on social media just for your own benefit with love nothing is about your own benefit you know nothing it comes naturally i mean you your life changes for the better naturally and and in that way, you greatly benefit. But in every other way, it's not about uh, what's in it for you. It's about what can you do for others? You know, love wants to give. Love wants to help. Love wants to be a part of people's lives. Love wants to be a part of making the world a better place. So when you really love it, all those things come with it. All of that comes in the, in the bundle. Right, Kim. Right, Kim. In fact, you know, I belong to a country called India where there is the Taj Mahal, which the world knows as a symbol of love. And when you talked of patience, then I have grown listening to stories like one where a lover, he wants to convey his message to his lover and he does not have any means. So he sends his message through his through the clouds. And that's a whole book about it. Now, that's the story. You don't have to actually follow that story, but that's the type of patience, that's the type of depth that some relationship should be about. Whether it's about loving your, you know, your spouse, loving your fiance, loving your girlfriend, loving earth. The earth never tells us what it is doing for us. But every morning with every season, it comes and does everything that it is supposed to do to keep humans alive, happy and kicking. But we, even the smallest of achievement, we immediately go down to social media, you know, 
and try to tell the whole world about it. My feeling is that until unless we change to instead of, you know, telling everybody about it, but doing our work silently, that's the kind of love will take us forward. And not only, you know, take, save the world, but also take the humanity forward. That's my feeling. What are your closing words on this, Kim? I, I totally agree with you. I completely agree with you. You know, as everybody's posting their dinner on Facebook and, you know, some what they're doing and everybody, you know, there's been uh, problems with that because everybody looks like they have these ideal, wonderful lives with no problems whatsoever because that's what they're displaying on social media. So then other people see that and think that there's something wrong with them and something wrong with their life because they're not living that ideal, wonderful, utopian life that they see their friends living or their family living. And sorry and, to interrupt you, Kim. Yeah. But then again, after a few weeks or a few months, you find them getting separated. Right. You, means that's several times I've seen that. And that's, I don't know whether to laugh or to cry or whether people are getting that message or not. I know that's so true. I don't, sometimes I feel like the more people feel like they have to put it out there. Oh, my husband did this wonderful thing for me. Oh, I'm so in love with my husband. Those seem to be the couples that pretty soon down the road, they're not together anymore. <laughs> and it's like, well, what happened to that guy that, you know, you said was just the greatest guy in the world. What possibly happened to your relationship? But, uh, you know, it's, it's your heart that needs to change your heart that needs to change. And so, you know, we, we tend to think with our heads and move and do with what we think instead of what we feel. And feelings are real. Like, uh, it's, it's okay to acknowledge, but make sure that you are feeling the things that you should. And love is, is this incredible, wonderful thing that you give that you should never take away. There should be nothing that ever stops you from loving. And there are so many times that we put conditions on our love. I will love you if you are this. I will love you if you do this for me. I will love you if you're at this status, if you're from this country, if you have this color skin, if you're this sexual orientation, then I will love you. You know, but there's conditions, conditions, conditions. Love is unconditional. Love is unconditional. There should be no conditions on your love, period. There may be things that people do that you don't like. You don't have to be everybody's best friend. That's, that's not what this is about. But loving everybody is something that you should do. And in loving people, you, again, you let them be who they are. And you love them for who they are because we're all so unique and love people for who they are. And remember that love, that first love when you fell in love with that person, when, when you met your special somebody that somehow, you know, three kids and 15 years later, you're wondering how you ever loved the man that's now leaving his dirty socks on the floor and not taking care of his dishes. You know, you wonder where did that love go? Well, you put conditions on the love. You, you decided you were only going to love him if he responded a certain way, if he did a certain thing. Then, then you put conditions on that love. 
your love should be unconditional. You should love no matter what the other person does or says, because you don't control it. That's up to them. Doesn't mean you have to like what they do or say, but but you love them through it and and figure out life that way and let humanity be the most important thing in life. Let relationships be your number one most important thing, not your social media following, not your job, not your political affiliation, but relationships, real relationships, individual relationships. Let that be your number one. Right, Kim. Right. Means it's such an inspiring tale of yours after, you know, going through all those problems, cancer, loss of husband, loss of everything. And then coming back with a bang and living the life that you are, you are taking care of your business, you know, of your properties. You are doing so much of humanitarian work. You are an author. And then you are spreading love all across the world. And so where does one find your book, Kim? How do they get hold of your book? Well, Love love Is is the name of the book. It's very easy to find. Uh, I'm in brick and mortar stores as well as online. So on Amazon, on any of the online book selling platforms, um, it's a it's a bright blue cover, um, a dark blue cover, and love is and real big words. Um, my last name has way too many letters in it: two R's, two E's, two L's. So my website is kimsorrell.com and can be hard to remember because it's S O R R E L L E, all these letters. But if you just kind of Google Kim Love Is, I should pop up wherever and uh, should be pretty easy to find. No problem, Kim. Whether L, one, L, one L less, three L's more, it does not matter. If you love uh, some books enough, if you love people enough, love will always find its way. With, this, <laughs> True. with these words, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much for joining in, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.